0: So I think it's important, as the teacher in me, uh, wants to review where we've, where we've been. This is the last uh, sermon, and so let's uh, reflect on what we have experienced during this series thus far. The first sermon was, I will be an active member. And in that sermon, I used 1 Corinthians chapter 12, to emphasize that all of us have gifts to be used in the body of Christ. None of us just to put our gift on the shelf and to let it sit there. Instead, we use the gifts that God has given us to edify, to build up the body of Christ, and that those gifts are different depending on the gifts that God has given to us. And we saw that church membership is different than membership in the local country club because we are an active participant of the, of the congregation, of the church. Uh, whereas in a country club, we can be a member and not really be involved and not really participate and be active. The second sermon was, I Will Work for Unity, where Pastor Chelsea used the part of the passage that we just finished reciting, this passage from Colossians 3, 12 to 15, to explore what it means to work together and to work for unity, exalting the name of Jesus Christ. And then another sermon in the series was on the challenge of change, where Pastor Jeff used the example of Jesus inviting the little children to him, bringing a child, an outsider, indicating that we too our call to invite persons into the body of Christ and that we need to affirm change because church is not about us. It's not just about our desires and our needs. It's not about us, but it's about the Lord Jesus Christ. And then in the sermon a couple weeks ago on I Will Pray for Church Leaders, I emphasized the need to hold in prayer Our leaders, because pastors are called to minister in very difficult situations. They're called to to minister in all kinds of situations, and research tells us that many pastors do not practice adequate self care. And and then I emphasize also that the bar for the requirements, for the qualifications. The bar that is set in Scripture for pastoral leadership is set very high, and that's another reason that church members are invited and encouraged to pray for pastors. In last Sunday's sermon, entitled A Healthy Commitment and Narrative, Pastor Jeff began the sermon by telling the story of his grandparents, who... Marked a healthy narrative by their support and by not downing the church. And he applied Ephesians 5, 22 to 26 and 32 to 33. And so that brings us where we have been and now we want to look at the sermon for this Sunday using this particular book, I Am a Church Member. The title of the that you see on the screen, by Tom Rainier. And in his book, I Am a Church Member, Tom invites us to consider and tells the story of two scenarios. In the first scenario, mom tells a child, we'll call her little Susie, that she must clean her room. And mom insists that it must be done to absolute perfection. And then when she claims to be finished and when she has mom come in and inspect the room to see whether it will be acceptable, that it must be cleaner than it has ever been clean before. It must be the cleanest room it has ever been. Now in the second scenario, mom tells Susie that someone has given... Susie a gift. And it's an incredible gift. It's wrapped and ready to this gift is ready to be opened and to be enjoyed by Susie. And it will be one of the greatest gifts that she has ever received and even ever will receive. It's just the best gift possible and it will bring hours and hours of joy as she uses this gift and has the opportunity to be involved with this gift. And so Tom asks, if the child has a choice, which do you think she will choose? Well, of course, the answer is obvious that the child will choose the gift rather than the work. The child will choose this wonderful and this marvelous gift. And Rainier suggests that in the first option that we as church members view church membership like membership in a country club where we become part of the church and we do that to see what we can get out of it that everything must be according to our own liking and according to our desires and what we want. And when a church member with that understanding is invited to be involved and to be, and to be contributing to the body of Christ by teaching Sunday school or by serving on a team, that many times the church member declines because they are not called or not involved. But there is another option, and that is to see church membership as a gift, that church membership is something to be treasured, something to uh, to, to rejoice in, and to be deeply appreciated. So in response to that gift, we give of ourselves to service in Christ and to the service uh, in others in the body of Christ. And with that, if you want to take notes, on the inside of the bulletin, you can see there are blanks to fill if you want to follow the the sermon that way or just at the bottom, just uh, jot some additional notes. You're welcome to do that. So Rainier says that membership means that we have the opportunity to serve and give rather than the legalistic option to do so. And membership in the local congregation, so this is the first section of my sermon, that membership in the local congregation is a gift to us. In the same way that salvation is a gift. And Paul tells the Romans in Romans 3 23 and 24, in explaining how membership or that salvation is a gift, Paul says to the Romans, Since all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, they are now justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So Paul explains to the Romans that all have sinned, <clears throat> but that we are justified by God's grace and that we are considered just, and the, the word justification, we can remember easily what that means by saying, it's just as if I had not sinned just as if I had not sinned. That's what we consider justification, that it's a gift from God by God's grace. And then in Romans 6, 23, Paul explains again that the free gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul says, Christ who knew no sin became a sin offering for us so that we may become the righteousness of God. Christ, who was sinless, Christ, who knew no sin, became a sin offering for us so that we may become the righteousness of God. The gift of God. We don't have to work to earn it. It's a a gift. It's given to us. Like church membership is a wonderful gift in the same way that salvation here is a gift from God. So, the second part of my sermon is that membership in the local congregation is a gift to be treasured. It's not drudgery, but membership in the local congregation is a gift to be treasured, and it's a special gift, a gift to be cherished, and also loved. So, if we are involved in the local congregation, it means that we give ourselves to the work and the, for the common good, for the work of the body of Christ, for the work and the ministry of the local congregation. In one of my pastorates, a family in the congregation family who was a member, uh, lived about 30 miles away from the congregation. And while the family was consistent in attendance, the participation of the elderly mother slash grandmother was hampered by the geographical distance from the congregation. And when I would go to visit her, many times she would refer uh, to the church, to the congregation, and rather than stating our church and rather than referring to it that way, she usually referred to this congregation where she was a member. She referred to it as that little church. And that really bothered me because by that language as that little church, she kept her distance the same way that she, she was geographically distant in the 30 miles from the congregation membership in the local congregation is a special gift and with that membership we are part our family is part of something larger than ourselves we are involved in the body of Christ we i can walk together as members of the body of Christ on the journey of life. In a meeting, a pastor recently shared about his experience that he and his family went through after their daughter, Wibbly, was in the freshman in college, she contracted a rare form of cancer. And she became ill, and within several months, and being hospitalized most of that time, she died of this cancer. And this pastor was saying, he and his wife decided that they would be very open and vulnerable with the congregation, that they would be sharing. They developed a, a sharing bridge or caring bridge, a website, or used that to keep uh, the congregation informed as to their journey and what they were going through, as they walked this journey and experienced the, the illness and then the death of their daughter, that their healthy daughter who just suddenly was taken from them. And the congregation was supportive and caring as they shared with their grieving pastor and as they supported, both congregation and pastor supported one another during this most difficult, difficult time. And then we might ask whether we should be part of, our part of the universal church or the local church. And as Tom Rainier points out, There are some persons who limit their involvement. And if you ask them why they are limiting their involvement in the local body of Christ, they quickly say, well, I'm a part of the universal church. I'm a part of the church with the capital C, I believe as uh, Pastor Jeff said last week. They quickly claim that they're part of the universal church. But let me state unequivocally, then I would agree with Tom Renier when he says that as believers, we're part of both the universal church and the local church. We are part of both the universal church and the worldwide body of Christ. And Tom Rainier says, quote, the majority of New Testament books were written about and to local churches, end quote. And as we look at the, the book of Acts, We see that many places where Paul was involved uh, and was involved in church planting, many of those places developed into local bodies, local churches. The Spirit was at work in those places. So. Excuse me. So it's not valid, it's not valid to claim membership only in the universal church and to not be connected and bonded with a local body of Christ. Marlon Jeske says, and Marlon was a former Bible professor at Goshen College, and he says, but the membership in the Universal Church of Christ does not render local membership unnecessary or even optional. Instead, Marlin says, it makes local membership mandatory because the New Testament knows no church except one that finds actual embodiment at Antioch, Corinth, Rome, or some other specific place. End of quote. So, with that as a background, I want to turn now to the scriptures to use the scriptures as a negative example. There are many positive examples. We have many positive role models in the scriptures, but there are also some negative examples. And this passage of scripture that we're using this morning from Matthew chapter twenty. Is how we are not to do. How to use the example of the disciples and how what not to be involved in. And so, Matthew 20, verses 20 to 28. And this is Jesus walking with the disciples, going to Jerusalem. Then the mother of Zebedee's sons came to Jesus with her sons and, kneeling down, asked a favor of him. "'What is it you want?' he asked. She said, "'Grant that one of these two sons of mine may sit at your right and the other at your left in your kingdom.' "'You don't know what you're asking,' Jesus said to them. "'Can you drink the cup?' I am going to drink? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink from my cup, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared by my Father. When the ten heard about this, they were indignant with the two brothers. Jesus called them together and said, So as Jesus was walking with his disciples on the way to Jerusalem, he took some time to explain to them and to offer a teaching moment for them. But the disciples who were so sure, and he told them that he would be dead three days and rise again, and the disciples were so sure that he would overthrow the Roman Empire, and they did not understand, they did not capture what he was saying to them. And according to Matthew, the mother of James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus with this special request. So, as it's portrayed here, and as it happens in times, at times in our day, mom inserts herself and intervenes on behalf of her two sons. And she requests that they be given special places of position one on the right and the other on the left of Jesus as he is reigning in this kingdom. And in the Gospel of Mark, the first gospel that was written, it is the two brothers themselves who come to Jesus with this request, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask of you. Now, one commentator suggests that Matthew and Luke were embarrassed by this squabbling among the disciples, and therefore Luke did not include the incident at all. He didn't even refer to this incident in his gospel. And Matthew, in his gospel, had the mother make the request. So be that as it may, here it is in Matthew. And, but Jesus, it's interesting to know that Jesus knows the source of the request and that the request originally came from the two disciples. Because in verse 22, the Greek word for the word you is is in the plural. And so Jesus said they need to sacrifice first and the, he uses the metaphor of drinking from the cup. And Richard Gardner paraphrased Jesus' responses, I can promise you suffering and martyrdom, but God alone determines the nature of, Of one's exaltation in the kingdom. End of quote. So, in other words, Jesus says they need to be ready to drink from the cup. They need to be ready to to experience suffering. And according to tradition and according to scriptures, at least eight of the disciples were martyred, including Peter and Andrew, who were crucified. And As we can imagine, when the other disciples heard this request by Peter and John, they were indignant, as it says in the NIV, or angry, as some translations say. They were flabbergasted that these two disciples would want the top positions in the kingdom. And they wanted to be ahead of the other disciples. So as he does on a number of occasions, Jesus uses a natural event to teach a lesson to them. And in this case, the lesson is on the greatness in the body of Christ, and he compares it to the system of the world. Now, in the world, greatness is measured by the degree of the domination of one person over the other. The degree of domination of one person over the other. In contrast, the church... Greatness in the church is measured by the service to the other members. Notice the paradoxes in verses 26 and 27. But whoever wishes to be great must be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first must be your slave. And certainly these paradoxes were not easily understood at that time, and are still not easily understood by those who are not in tune with the work and the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus says, in other words, Jesus says to be great, become a servant, to be first, become a slave. But Jesus not only taught this way of kingdom living, Jesus actually lived it out on this earth. And so Paul uses an early Christian hymn to explain how Jesus lived out this way, this attitude that Jesus had, from Philippians 2 5 to 11. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus Jesus is co-equal with God and participated with God the Father in the creation of the world. And as Gordon Fee says, quote, Jesus took on flesh as as an historical person living for a brief lifetime on earth, end of quote. So in that sense, Jesus emptied himself. Jesus gave himself took on human form so he had a right to tell his disciples just as the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So in conclusion, at the beginning of the sermon, I am sure that Susie would welcome and choose the gift that would bring her many hours bring her much joy and happiness instead of needing to dutifully clean her room to make it the best that it has ever been. In the same way, we too, in our day, in this day, are invited to participate and enjoy the gift of church membership, and in this gift, we give of service to one, of an, to one another and also, most importantly, by giving to one another, we give a gift to and exalt the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We are serving the Lord. So I would suggest that this week, may we find it so, not only this week, but also the weeks to come, as we put into practice what we have learned from this series of sermons on I am a church member.